I try to get the chief to splurge a little. You know, yeah. we had fruit last year with the coffee. Hopefully, maybe some donuts this year. Yeah. Well, the stigma. <laughs> That's why I'm and... doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't see you as a carbs kind of guy. Three weeks on the keto, I've dropped ten pounds so far. Boy. Yeah. Jeez. See, I have to have them. Oh, I'm going crazy right now. I have Even to. Even three have weeks them. into it, where you're stopped, to, you're supposed to stop having cravings. All I can think about is like sushi right now. Oh my gosh. It's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> we should do when you're done. We should do all you can eat at Yamato. I'm down. Let's just go throw down. Where's that? Uh, downtown. Okay. My go-tos are Benny's and Quincy or Yoki in uh, Medford. But you pay twenty-five I bucks. I'll explore. You pay twenty-five bucks at Yamato too. All you can eat. Damn, nice. I threw down like sixty pieces one night. <laughs> oh my Seriously, God, that's let's awesome. Throw down. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Edgy Punks Podcast. This is your host, Craig Biderman. That's me. Uh, I host this podcast every week. I try to bring in uh, educators and people in the world that do cool stuff, that are disruptors, that are everyday educators, that are people that do a lot of great work uh, on college campuses, uh, in high schools, in elementary schools, in the music scene, all over the world. Educators of all shapes, sizes, and uh, demographics. Today, I'm talking with my buddy Matt Coviello, who is a public safety officer here on my campus at UMass Boston. Matt is one of my favorite people on this campus Absolutely love hanging out with him and talking with him. Some folks might be like, wait, why is Craig talking to a cop? This is a punk podcast. Trust me, I get it. I totally get it. But this is a type of conversation that I think is super important, especially for my folks who work on college campuses, because we work with our public safety folks. We need to be able to collaborate with them. We need to be able to have good conversations and listen to each other and have ways that we can actually make our campuses truly safe and have good outreach and connections to resources because um, what you're going to hear in this conversation that Matt and I recorded in my office uh, overlooking the city, uh, we, we got into a lot of different topics. We got into the stigma of being a police officer, being a public safety officer on a college campus, um, just doing this work in general. He also does a lot of uh, outreach work uh, in the community, in the, in the city of Boston and on campus. So he's just a good wealth of information. Also, this wasn't necessarily the route he planned on going. So it's really neat to hear uh, exactly what his original goal was and to just talk to the guy because he's one of my favorite people, like I said, on, uh, on my campus. And 
someone that I, I really value the conversation that we had. So I'm really excited to get to that. Also, you get to hear tunes from my buddy Freddie Bourne. Freddie is a, a higher ed professional as well, and he makes some really cool music, some really beautiful tunes that you're about to hear on this podcast. Um, throughout this episode, you're going to hear some of his voice, some of the music he plays, and it is fantastic. He just put out a new EP the other day. It is called The Childhood Birthday Party That Nobody Came To. Uh, fantastic, fantastic tunes. The uh, ending with a propositional phrase in the album title, not my favorite, but we're okay with it. We're going we're gonna to let him have that one. But yeah, I'd rather get to this conversation than keep rambling. But if you want to give us some rate, rate us, review us in the iTunes store, uh, whatever, share it, tell your friends. That'd be really cool. All right. Enough dilly dallying. Here's my conversation with my buddy, officer, Matt Coviello. I'm sitting with Matt Coviello, who is a public safety officer here at UMass Boston. How are you, Matt? Good, thanks. How about yourself? I'm okay. <laughs> uh, I don't like driving here. Uh, I had to drive today. It's chaos on our campus. Versus taking the bike as you Yeah, I ride it. my bike every day. I know you do. And so... What changed? Uh, the doctor's appointment. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and to make it here on time. So even though I spent like eight minutes trying, trying to, to just park. find a free, <laughs> and I ended up just making a spot because it's what you got to do here. My UMass cadets Boston. are out there. Be careful. They're oh. taking it. <laughs> they're, they're very nice. Yes. Um, I do have a lot of opinions on my car, so I've always been worried that someone will yeah. take that out on me. But I think I'll be okay. <laughs> if anything, I'll dispute it. That's fair. And I'll just be like, University! <laughs> Um, so Matt, why don't you tell folks a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you come from? So my name is Officer Matt Coviello, uh, born and raised in Connecticut. Went to University of Connecticut with a psychology and criminal justice minor. Got my bachelor's degree in that. Graduated in 2009 and uh, unfortunately it was right around the recession. Mm. So trying to get a police job during those times were very, very competitive. Really? Yeah, everybody wanted job security. Yeah, they were early to go from finance to all right. Let me get something that's consistent yeah. and that's always going to be there. Hmm. So I took tests for about two and a half years uh, all over the East Coast, really, Capitol Police in DC, all the way up to New Hampshire. So is that like because every state has a different yeah test? Well, Connecticut especially had uh, tests almost for every town or city, so it actually got really expensive and. Yeah, whereas in Boston, they That's have civil wild. service where you take one test for various cities, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just I wanted to improve my chances. So mm-hmm. I went literally all the way down to D.C., took NYPD's test. And um, eventually I was like, you know what? I'm not getting really too far. I made yeah. it to a lot of backgrounds, you know, made it pretty far. But a lot of people wanted experience. I was 21 at the time. So that was going against me. Um, <laughs> You're fresh. Yeah, exactly. So eventually, I actually moved to Boston, made good friends with uh, Dick Donahue, okay. one of the transit officers that was shot in the Boston mm. bombings. Mm-hmm. And uh, he helped me get self-sponsored. Mm. So I actually sold my car and <laughs> paid my, for myself to get self-sponsored and go to the academy myself. I was like, Jeez. you know what? Yeah, I got I to gotta make some serious sacrifices. So I, I paid for the academy myself to make myself more marketable. Yeah. 
uh, once I graduate. Wow. They, they picked, UMass Boston picked me up about uh, halfway through the academy. That's wild. Yeah, it was, it's, it was a long journey. Yeah. <laughs> well, what else should folks know about you? What um, do you like to do in life? Uh, eat, lift, and sleep pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Vacation, vacation. You yeah, know. you're I all like, over the place. I'm going to Greece in two weeks. So yeah, I'm excited. And my buddy's from Yukon. His wedding's mm-hmm. in Albania, so we figured make a trip out. That's of, wild. Make a trip out of the wedding. Dang. Yeah, I feel like every other weekend I'm like on your Instagram story like, man, you live a life. And I'm just like, I'm at, I mean, I'm at gigs. I'm doing stuff. Exactly. But like, you're all over the world. I love it. Yeah, just work the details to... To, I en- to explore and vacation. I envy that, man. That's super cool. Yeah. Somebody once told me, you know, people like to collect, you know, physical items. Mm. And and I was complaining about, uh, yeah, we Croatia. Because mm. it was so expensive. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. But uh, he's like, you know what? Some people like to collect items. I like to collect memories and experiences. Yeah. And I was like, you just justified my trip. Ah, <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So here at UMB, you have a pretty unique role on the force. Can you explain to folks the, 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 the specific work that you do here? Yes. So as about a year and a half ago, I became the uh, community resource officer as well as a crime prevention officer. So what that entails, it's, it's pretty much a liaison between the students and the police department, as mm-hmm. well as the staff and faculty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do all the orientations. Um, I'm always out and about. Just if anybody wants to talk or have any questions mm-hmm. regarding the PDE, or that's how you and I got really close. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and you know, so what that also brings along is the uh, cadet program. So mm-hmm. I'm in charge of the cadet program, as well as the rad program, um, and pretty much anything related to community. Oftentimes they'll reach out to me. Mm-hmm. So for like shop with the cop. Uh, that Boston Police holds. They reached out, so we were able to do that the past five years, maybe. So. What's shop with the cop? Oh, it's amazing. It's honestly like one of the two best events I've ever hmm. been involved in. Uh, every year around Christmas, we go to a uh, elementary school in Dorchester, and we give these uh, underprivileged kids um, pretty much. A gift card from Target. Target pays for a portion of it. Sponsors pay for a portion of it. <laughs> and while we're at the middle school, we actually sign autographs for them. <laughs> they like to play with our handcuffs. I got a picture of me getting handcuffed by one of the kids. Nice. Um, yeah, we give out. We hand out pizza. So it's a really cool experience. And then we actually we usually get chosen by one of the kids there. Mm-hmm. And then once we get to Target, uh, he literally picks out essentially anything he wanted. Last year, the budget was a hundred dollars on the gift card. <laughs> So, you know, within Jeez. reason, yeah. I, one to kid Target? Asked, mm, fill up. Yeah. One kid was like eight years old, I remember one year, and he asked me for like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> so I was like, sorry, we're going to keep it moving. <laughs> but, you know, we try to oftentimes. It's a little like, counter to what you're hoping for. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, uh, oftentimes, you know, it, it, it's so rewarding. But sometimes their parents aren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Last year, Jamistic uh, was the kid's name. His background was so sad. Um, mm-hmm. Him and his mother lived in a motel. His mother put him, he's about seven years old, eight years old, put him in a cab, dropped him off at the daycare, at that the center where we met for pizza. And then he jumped on the bus to come with us to Target. And his pastor and pastor's wife were the ones who picked him up. And they, like, essentially look after him. Huh. He was telling his background is really sad mm-hmm. and it was so cute i actually have pictures of it 
some of the money that hundred dollars that he used, he bought two of his little sisters gifts as well. Oh. He bought mouthwash for one of them, <laughs> and like a baby doll, and like used their. Like, it was it was Aww. it was really nice to see that even somebody who's doesn't have much at all wants to share with his. Like, he could have been selfish and been like, I want this, this, this. No. Nah. Hmm. Yeah, it was really touching. It was Dang. Cool. Yeah, I'll show you some pictures. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so when did, when did you realize that going into like criminology, because you studied criminology, uh, psychology major in criminal justice, criminal justice. Um, when did you, when, when were you like interested in pursuing that or even like possibly becoming a police officer? So throughout my life, I've always wanted to help people. It's actually why I got into personal training. My (laughs) first job out of, out of high school was personal training at New York Sports Club, actually. Okay. So I always wanted to, you know, tell people, whether it's getting shape or, you know, my passion was weight training and mm-hmm. fitness. So I'm like, mix my passion with the career. Why not? Yeah, there's a fun fact about Matt and I. We're born the exact same, same day. day. Yeah. Not like I was born in 87, he was born in 88 or 86 yeah. or whatever. The same day. <laughs> and when you see us standing next to each other, <laughs> he's a big dude and I'm just kind of like, the lanky runner guy. <laughs> you got the lower body strength, though. Yeah. It's the reason I can't do pull-ups. <laughs> dense. You're dense. That's a good thing. So, visit, uh, personal training. Yeah, oh, yeah. so uh, personal training. And then um, from that, I, I really enjoyed personal training. It just wasn't consistent. Yeah. Um, back then, the fitness industry definitely isn't what it is now. It's huge now. Yeah, I mean, I probably could make I could make a career out of it now, mm-hmm. consistent money. But back then, you know, even in Fairfield County where I grew up, where you know, stay-at-home moms mm-hmm. would oftentimes. But once once I gave them a regimen, once they learned, they didn't really have a need for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd have consistent clients for a twenty-pack. They'd get results and be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna continue doing this." Yeah. So I kind of lose out on some clients. So it's I funny because like that's what you want. Exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I could be cheaping them out. <laughs> no. But yeah, your goal is to to make them self sufficient. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about my job because I'm like my job is to put myself out of a job. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. I want students to take Same. care of their mental health yeah. a little bit more. But like once I do that, like what do I get to do? Exactly. Now? Luckily, it's a rotating door at UMass. Oh my god! <laughs> Every year. Yes, yes. Uh, that's that's good news for you. But um, yeah. So I I want to continue doing something helping people, and consistent. Yeah. I wanted that consistent income and career. Mm-hmm. So at UConn, I did psychology, criminal justice minor because I didn't want to pigeon pigeonhole myself either. Mm-hmm. If it's just criminal justice, you're not you know it, you need something to do in that field. At least psychology is mm-hmm. quite broad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I actually use it quite often at work, too, just trying to, you know, de-escalate, trying to, you know, Benjamin Franklin theory, like trying to, <laughs> trying to just ease people down mm-hmm. and try to read situations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my background in psychology has helped me read those mm-hmm. situations and de-escalate. So, poli- like, becoming an officer wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily the initial intent no. for you. No. Interesting. Yeah, I just knew I wanted to help people. And, you know, growing up, I, I've always been that person to, you know, deflect attention if somebody was getting picked on. Um, always had a passion for, I guess, protecting people, mm-hmm. uh, breaking up a fight yeah. if I could. You know, I grew up very skinny. Um, played tennis and baseball my whole life. Oh. Junior high school was 130 pounds. Yeah. So, you know, I, 
I have sympathy for that person that can't protect themselves because yeah. you know I was there before. Yeah, were you picked on a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I was picked on, <laughs> I was picked on too. Absolutely, that's what uh, got me into the gym, and you know it shows me, you know that no one deserves to be treated that no, way. Absolutely no, no. I had the mouth. That's why I was picked on because uh, I couldn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I instigated it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. So since. Like becoming an officer wasn't necessarily your intention, like your first intention. When you explained going through the recession era and trying to get yourself out there, um, taking all the tests and whatnot, did you specifically even have the idea of working on a college campus on your radar at all? Nope. I just wanted it. <laughs> I wanted it so bad that I honestly, I would have taken, I would have taken the job anyway. I would have. Hmm. And. My original plan was to do two years here for my time because I was grateful for the mm-hmm. position. I didn't want to just use them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was going to do two years here then transfer back to Connecticut. And I actually wound up falling in love with it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, it has everything I wanted. I wanted to work in a big city, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to have an impact on the community. Mm-hmm. And here, you see the same people quite often. Mm-hmm. So you could see that change from year one to year four yeah. of, you know, some students come in here year one, immature, uh, you know, yes. on our radar. <laughs> and then year four, they're, they're very respectful. Yeah. You're having heart-to-heart conversations with the yeah. person, talking about their future plans, their careers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, it, it, I like that it had the big city feel, yet you can actually see your impact. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. the big city, it's, it's something totally different every day. Well, and I feel like your specific, like what's become your role um, is one of the reasons why I like you a lot as a human being, because you're really good at having those conversations. You're really good at um, when it's because we've we've been like chatting in the campus center and someone comes up to ask you a question. You're like immediately ready to go and like. I feel like that's a good sign of someone who knows their shit, like (laughs) to be frank and like because that happens and sometimes and I'm like I'll get a question of like I can help you find that person yeah. but like you you've you've also been here way longer than me uh, yes. <laughs> but um but I I Seven like years. that what what is what has kept you here then then um, instead of seeking a role possibly in the city to be honest my position yeah yeah um, there was recently a sergeant's exam uh, offering and it was a very, very tough decision because I have seniority over a lot of people now. Mm-hmm. And it's about a difference of $8,000 a year. Yeah. As well as, you know, just growing in your career. Mm-hmm. And when I retire, that would all come together. <clears throat> but honestly, I have such a passion for the community outreach thing. I didn't want to give it up even for the mm-hmm. money. So it was a tough decision. But, uh, you're you know, also young. We're, y- we're young. That's what, I'm, that's what I kept relying on. I'm like, you know what? One day when I have kids... And I really need to make the money for them. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll put in for the sergeant's exam. Yeah. But for now, I, I genuinely like working with people. To be honest, there's many functions of policing that I, I think some people don't understand. Yeah. There are some guys that are great at law enforcement. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenal at car stops. They know criminal law like it's the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. And you need those people. You need those people to get bad stuff off the street. Mm-hmm. Where I personally think I'm a little bit better at the community outreach portion of it how can yeah. i help you yeah you know that that's that was always like i said that was always my passion so as much as i really did enjoy law enforcement 
uh, pulling people over, mm-hmm. you know, doing that type of stuff. I have a little bit more fun doing the community outreach and helping people. Well, and college students are, on the whole, at, on average, pretty fun to be around. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's the main reason, like, why I like being in higher ed and why, like, I've spent uh, uh, six, seven, six years in education so far. Like, it's it's important to me to be one of those resources, too. And I feel like the it's more... Rewarding. Yeah, and the more approachable you are, mm-hmm. the better. And I, I think the first time I ever saw you on campus, I'm like, oh, there's there's a there's a cop bro right there. <laughs> I don't even, like, we're not going to get along. Because, <laughs> like, I come from a punk background, and, like, mm-hmm. historically they don't get along. Yeah. But, like, when I started talking to you, I was like, this guy is super approachable. You know my favorite band is Sublime. Yeah, there you, well, <laughs> there you go. And, like, I, I yeah, that's... So ironic. It's, it, I don't agree with all the messages, but I love the music. That, that's what <laughs> re- it reminds me of how Paul Ryan's favorite band is Rage Against the Machine. He's like, you're the machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you alluded a little bit to what folks kind of like misperceive a little bit about even public safety work. What are some of the challenges of doing public safety work on a college campus? I know that there are a lot of lot of listeners to this podcast work on campuses and mm-hmm. definitely work with people in public safety. So I'm curious of some of the things that you think folks may not realize about your work. Uh, I'd say the same thing as before. The benefit of seeing everybody every day, it's a huge benefit in my opinion because you can see the changes. But at the same time, if I cite this person or arrest this person, mm-hmm. I'm going to see them again. They know yeah. where I am. So, you know, one of the bigger issues is that we're kind of treated the same as uh, staff and faculty. Not saying that we're different, not saying that we're better by any means, but we are different. Like mm-hmm. uh, a few of our personal vehicles actually got keyed hmm. because we don't have almost every police department in the U.S. has a secured parking area for their vehicles. Hmm. Uh, we don't have that. We have nothing secured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, if I give someone a ticket, they see where it's parked. Like, oh, that's Officer Coviello's car. Okay. <laughs> so, Pig. Yeah. And then, you know, just uh, infrastructure is hard, too, and mm-hmm. budget. Because, you know, I, I genuinely feel bad for these students that the ones that do get arrested on campus, we used to bring them to transit mm-hmm. and do everything there, and they'd be held there until bail or court. But, unfortunately, they're not opening their doors to that anymore Hmm. so we actually have to bring everybody to the house of corrections at suffolk oh so they're gonna be yeah the real deal that's wild i know so imagine a college when was that change uh about two months ago we didn't have any option oh if if we had a holding cell like umass amherst you know Mm -hmm. we'd be able to we'd be more self-sufficient but kids that are gonna get arrested here they're gonna go to the house of corrections in suffolk so yeah that's not great it's it's a you know it's tough. It's tough. Well, and I feel like right now, especially on our campus, we have such a unique campus mm-hmm. that it, to me, feels like once we really put some time and effort into like your infrastructure yes. with public safety, even like I talk to the folks in recreation, once mm-hmm. they get a little Growth. revamp. Well, yeah. and since we're now becoming a 24-hour campus, mm-hmm. 
there was a meet like you were like we're gonna be hiring like we're gonna be doubling our staff basically uh, nine nine one year yeah Huge. and you still don't even have like really the space <laughs> no. to accom- accommodate the new all guys when they graduate in september they're not gonna have lockers that's messed up. So no, I don't they, know. They can have lockers in one of the academic buildings. Yeah, I can <laughs> Just like cops wandering the oh halls of McCormick get, get or whatever. Getting changed in the McCormick hall. <laughs> or why just not? in the gym, just getting changed in the locker room. I mean, why not? They'll figure something out. Yeah, but I feel like that's that's a pretty consistent thing on a lot of campuses that grow mm-hmm. is you have to meet the demand and you have to prove that there's a demand and we might be on the eve of that for y'all. Yeah. So be interesting to see how that comes well, about. It's, it's it's a little upsetting because even the seven seven years I've been here, it's, it has been a revolving door where you look at Northeastern PD and they have retention. Mm-hmm. So I know it's a huge portion of his monetary. They get paid a lot more than this yeah. um, to do the same job. So, you know, just, just trying to be patient. And I, I do expect growth. Mm-hmm. I do. And that's another reason why I do want to stay here. You know, I got my foot in the door. I have a lot of seniority now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're hiring. We just hired nine, so we should be set for a little while. But you know, I hope I hope with time growth, you know, we'll we'll have more retention. Yeah, and I think it's also really interesting because a lot of different campuses have different models for um, how public safety falls into the whole org chart, and y'all are an active part of student affairs here, which is not something I'm used to. And so having like a captain and stuff Mm -hmm. in our like divisional meetings is one of those (laughs) things where I'm like, and I even like made a statement once where I was like really nervous to like be like, I don't feel comfortable with this response to mental health stuff. And like, I felt like I was going to get fired. Like, just like me even bringing it up. Mm-hmm. But then like, I had a really good conversation with a couple folks and it was heard and it was felt. And I was like, okay, cool. <sighs> like, it's just, I'm just really thankful that the folks here are at least willing to listen. Listen. Changes. Yeah. 100%. Well, that's, that's honestly another reason why I st- I just, I'm staying here and, uh, and and content, very happy as well. Actually, is Chief Baynard is mm-hmm. he's a great chief. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, I'm sure you had one on one conversations with mm-hmm. him. He's willing to do what's the best, you know, mm-hmm. best for everybody. Mm-hmm. He he tries, and I know he's you know a lot of constraints with the budget, yeah. but he he does the best he can, and like you said, he listens. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Waking up in this dark little room underneath the stairs. Never knowing if I'll be alive to see the sunlight. I take All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break in this podcast so I can remind you of a fantastic resource out there in the world. You might remember my friends, uh, uh, Cassie Wilson from the organization Half Access. They're going to be launching a brand new website on September 1st in just a few weeks so that you can help the, the, you can help these folks create a great database for accessible music venues across the country and help make music venues more accessible. There's a lot of work that they're putting into making sure that spaces are more accessible for folks of all different types of uh, ability levels. And so there's going to be a very, very concerted effort when this website launches to make sure that we are making live music accessible 
For now, you can sign up for an email notification when it is live on September 1st by going to halfaccess.org or follow them on social media at Half Access, H-A-L-F, A-C-C-E-S-S, Half Access. You can keep up with all the cool stuff that they're doing uh, right now. Uh, And if you want, go back to the conversation I had with Cassie uh, this time last summer. Some really cool stuff that she's been able to do in between that time. And I've even been able to hang out with her a couple times. She's badass. I'm super stoked that their website is finally getting fully launched Please, please, please follow Half Access. They're doing some great work, and you're gonna you're gonna think back to listening to this podcast when they're a huge friggin' organization. You're gonna be like, "Dang, Craig was right." And you know what? I like hearing that. And you know what? My friends do some cool shit. So please, please follow Half Access right now. Halfaccess.org or at Half Access on the social medias. All right, let's return to this conversation with Matt Coviello. So uh, some of the important stuff that you do uh, with community outreach work is the RAD program on campus. Can you explain to folks what that is? Absolutely. It's a self-defense program called Rape Aggression Defense. It's 12 hours long, and it really focuses on pretty much prevention and like risk reduction risk reduction so pretty much night one is how to avoid how to avoid any altercation and obviously every time you can't avoid altercation things happen Mm -hmm. the next few nights are hands-on you learn how to strike you learn how to grapple and then night four you get to beat up a cop and you'll get in trouble for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we put you through the ringer on night four um you don't have to do night four you could observe your peers and classmates doing it but we we really do suggest you try it because it's nice to see what you can actually do Mm -hmm. it's a confidence boost to be like wow i could actually punch pretty hard well and i feel like like with most things it's hard to be successful at something if your first time attempting it is in that moment Mm -hmm. absolutely we teach you the mechanics and you know how when else can you actually punch somebody as hard as you possibly could and to see what the reaction is i mean a a heavy bag eh, okay i could Mm -hmm. see a heavy bag doesn't hit back you know we don't necessarily hit back but we 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 do make at least motions yes like this is how someone could come at you exactly exactly so it's a really good learning experience in my opinion and, and it's totally free some departments charge for it ours is totally free it's uh usually 5 30 to 7 30 um overall it's only 12 hours yeah and by the end of it you actually get certified uh as a rad student yeah what that certification entails is that um if you ever do use the rad in the ways we teach you and you get civilly sued we can actually testify on your behalf and Mm. say you know what i I taught her if she's assaulted to throw a front punch to Mm -hmm. to do this Mm -hmm. so it, it there is you know some perks being rad certified and and as well as just the confidence boost and the education you get from night one on how to prevent being in that situation yeah and i i think that's that's really good for i i did not realize that Mm -hmm. along with that how do you all assess the the work that you do with that um and making sure that 
folks who do use it are, or it, how how do you realize that people are actually using it? Um, so Sergeant Yi from Suffolk University, he's a rad instructor, and he actually told me a story um, from one of his fellow uh, instructors as well that he that he met before, and about a female who actually used it on vacation, and her strikes, I guess, were literally exactly out of the rad handbook. When the adrenaline was going, muscle memory, her strikes were out of there. Uh, our way of assessing is only pretty much on how we teach the class. So we do do a survey at the end of the class. And, you know, our last class, one student was really happy with it. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to get the word out. And she, and she said, you know, is there anything that I could do to, to help the program? And we just got four more people certified to teach RAD, which is mm. the highest. I think we have seven instructors now. That's the wow. most we've ever had. That's great. That being said, our suits are starting to get beat up. So she actually spoke to uh, Associate Vice Chancellor Overton. And, you know, she said they could, they could use a couple bucks towards pads. So he actually got us a new RAD suit. Nice. With that, with that suggestion. So we are very grateful for that. So... With these new res halls, we'll be able to hold a lot more classes. We never used to hold classes during the day. Um, and I told a few people during orientation and even staff members, if you if you get me a group during the day, we'll teach it. Nice. Yeah, so it's exciting. It's exciting. The growth is exciting. Yeah. One of the things that uh, always kind of like um, makes me think of the this uh, type of program is King of the Hill. Um, especially that scene where Bobby Hill is attacking the instructor because they're taught to like yell something for mm-hmm. a distraction and Bobby yells, that's, that's, my, I don't know you. That's my purse. <laughs> that's and he, awesome. and then he just kicks the instructor right in the balls. Nice. <laughs> Did the instructor go down? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just a wonderful thing to just have like a 12 year old boy yelling, screaming. that's my purse. I don't know you. Um, and that's like a big memory for me. (laughs) My buddy did rad for kids and he, yeah, there's rad for kids. There's rad for men. And uh, unfortunately here we only offer rad for women, but he's, uh, a cop and he did rat for kids and one of the things that they scream is get back you're not my dad <laughs> and then one night he just continuously kept saying it i was like you're not my dad <laughs> he just, I was like all right i understand what to say now yeah for rad kids <laughs> that's really fun because i just back, yelled that at peop- <laughs> people in general yeah. uh also since my dad passed away i have a really when people get really um uh unnecessarily frustrated or just like impatient like just like an older man i was just like all right calm down dad you're gonna be fine and like the reaction there's like wait what what did you just call me like (laughs) oh nothing honey you're fine i just like awesome i've just gotten to the point where i think it's really fun to throw people off that way and because well, some people don't realize the way they're acting is just being obnoxious. That's so <laughs> in bystander, the training that I went to mm-hmm. recently. I love the idea of s- s- stuff that's similar to that. Just like mm-hmm. deflect or change mm-hmm. a subject yep. or distract. Yep. You're like if someone's mad at you and you're like, all right, dad. They'd yeah. probably like be like, like huh? wait, what? Yeah. Like he's not even mad anymore. He's like, just confused. Disengage. Yeah, well, like, exactly. exactly. Okay. So when I had my bun, 
I would get called faggot, queer all the time. And it's just insecure guys. Mm -hmm. And so I would make like very queer comments to them, just like disarming them. And I'm like, oh, honey, I can be that for you. Don't you worry. (laughs) And they're just like, wait, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, doesn't feel great, does it? That's awesome. And so. um, It's not violent. You're not berating them. Nope. It's It's just more of like a teachable. It's a teachable moment because. Um, I think it's, especially with bystander work, one of the most important things that I teach students is how to do those distractions Mm -hmm. and how to even get people together. Like if you are around multiple people, like even on the T, like that's the most common uh, example I use is like when they're on the train and just be like, if you can get a couple people together, because if one person is annoyed by something, Probably multiple people are annoyed Mm -hmm. by something. Mm -hmm. And that's when public um, outcry is important and it's just getting people together. And there are some folks who just, and I explain like, this isn't easy. Like doing bystander work, doing any sort of um, defense. That guilt feeling you have after for not doing anything isn't easy either. And I've been (laughs) in those situations and I'm really confident stepping Mm -hmm. in. And I've had those situations where I'm like, should I should have said something, man? I don't know. But, like, it's hard um, if you haven't done it before. And so, like, I explain to students, like, different situations that aren't just, like, at a party or mm-hmm. at the bar. Like, kind of just, like, in the student center. Like, if you see something or if you see someone struggling with something, talk to them. Yeah. That's how we can help each other. Absolutely. Uh, how does it feel getting beat up? Uh, I should say I'm not. I'm, I'm happy I don't do it anymore. Because um, I saw you do one in the middle of our campus center once. Yeah, that was really doing fun. a demo. Um, we'll be doing those again. Absolutely, especially like beginning said, of the school year. People. Yeah, I want to hold the class um, the week after I drop. So that Monday and Wednesday, I'd like to hold. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday. It usually starts at five thirty. Mm. Um, I'll blast it online, but yeah. I'd like to hold one around them so maybe we could do uh, a rad demo to Hell get yeah. people to sign up but not only that they could beat me up I don't care yeah. put me you in you actually the suit. have to go to a special class to get beat up, beaten up oh that's I know okay I know <laughs> I was surprised too yeah but um, Keith uh, Graziano yeah is getting Miss uh, a very famous person here whose yeah. platform is self-defense yeah so I think that's around the same time I want to hold a rad class so hopefully yeah. it'll bring even more interest. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's some people on the campus who wouldn't mind kicking my ass a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I don't know many. Yeah. You're a good talker. You're, the comedy, comedy skits are great. I the try. Meditation. Those are fun. We're going to be filming them too. So we can really? share them all over the internet. Yeah. The interwebs? Nice. Yeah, we're going to film them on the last orientation day. It'll be fun. There's a resource fair tomorrow. Yep. Hooray! <laughs> or today when people are listening to this. Yes. Um, so, so in addition to like rad and getting bystander trained, you're also getting trained in a couple other things um, to help the force be a little bit better uh, responding to different incidences. Can you explain that a little bit too? Yes. Uh, so we just got, three of us just got certified by American Heart Association to be CPR instructors. Yeah. So we're going to get all of our cadets CPR uh, certified, as well as uh, a couple of them are going to Linda Dunphy's um, Recognizing Mental Illness. That's my supervisor, Linda Dunphy. Oh, 
<laughs> um, going to her upcoming class mm. uh, for, I guess, pretty much recognizing mental uh, illness or mental health and how mm-hmm. it can help. Yep. So, yeah, we're excited about that. We actually just joined the COBRA unit. COBRA? Uh, yeah, so it's Cops on Bikes for Regional Assistance. That's a really good use of an acronym. Right, isn't it? That's cool? really creative. I know, I love it. It sounds so badass. And then what we do is pretty much... <laughs> Ride a bike? The, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. What I do. <laughs> yes. So uh, we did the 3rd and 4th of July for our first call out. And we worked with you know, State Police, Boston. And it was a really cool experience. And then we actually got asked to work um, Sergeant Chesna's wake and funeral. Hmm. And that was... That was recent. Very, yes. It was maybe two, three weeks three weeks ago. Yeah. But um, it's the first Waker funeral I've been in, a part of. I've gone to them before. Yeah. But being right there... To work it. Yeah. Well, we all volunteered, obviously. Um, we didn't get, obviously, compensated. And no, they, were, yeah. they were long days. But we were posted up right where his wife got dropped off. And it was Emotional. literally heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There wasn't a dry wasn't a dry eye in the house mm-hmm. so it was really tough but also rewarding to, to be able to work with different agencies and and you know to show that UMass Boston is you know we're on the map we're growing we're yeah and, and you know we get the same training as these guys we do the same same function as them so it's nice to be looked at as an equal versus yeah. just a campus cop well yeah like yeah and that's actually something I wanted to to transition to a little bit um there there's a very big stigma around police officers in the country and i mean i have them myself and i think we've even discussed that a little bit Mm -hmm. um do you feel that there's even a stigma against public safety like on this campus or any campus like you talk to colleagues and stuff absolutely and i think uh you know, MIT's Officer Sean Collier is a perfect example. You know, people see uniform, they see uniform. Yeah. They don't really care what patches on the side. So, yeah, yeah I think I think they, they see us, you know, all, all as one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean... Unfortunately, my- sometimes, because that one bad cop's actions usually overshadow the good. Well, and even in, like, my understanding of, like, how police do their work in cities, in small towns, all over the country, um, it really is a small, small percent of the people who are just, like, trash and, like, doing things that are counter to the, yeah, unethical things that are counter to, like, how you're wanting to just help people. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. Because I feel like that happens among a lot of different... Um, any career. Any you career. Yeah. And like even as an educator, um, there's the stigma that working in a college, we're all just liberal snowflakes trying to indoctrinate <laughs> the kids, to hate America, to uh, be, be gay, to do all these other things. And professional student. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, that's a good chunk of us, <laughs> but that's not typical. And I even have those when I meet other educators. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you're going to be in agreement with me on everything. And then th- immediately they're like, oh, no, I don't. 
I don't agree with that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right, we're on different There's profiling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my brother is a cop. Man. And I think I've shared that with yeah. you um, yeah. over in, in Oregon. And he and I have had it out many times. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we had to really, we actually didn't talk for almost two years. Wow. And that was actually right after my dad died. And my most re- when I went home in the winter, um, he and I sat down and had sushi together. Because right. I'm like one of the only people in our family that will eat, eat sushi. sushi. And um, he and I sat down and we just like talked it out. And it was one of those conversations where I've always felt like, so I'm adopted. And I've always felt a little detached from my family. And my brother specifically, who was one of the people who brought me up. And then he was gone for the military for years. And when he came back, one of the first things he did was become a police officer. And I was in college. We just didn't, there were, there are gaps of years where we just didn't get to connect. Mm -hmm. And we really just had like our first ever adult conversation in January. And that was one of the things where like, I really learned how hard it is for him. Like he's, he's killed someone in the line of duty who was attacking his um, partner. partner. And that was one of the things he got like a medal. He got a whole bunch of uh, recognition for. And in Oregon, it is um, mandated for police officers that if you use your weapon, you have to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And he was like, so I went to therapy for six weeks or however long it was. And he was like, I just kept going. Because there's trauma involved there. Absolutely. There's trauma involved every day. Absolutely. And that was one of the first things where I was like, we're both in therapy. Let's common talk, ground. Let's talk, common ground. Let's talk about our mental health. <laughs> yes. And That's awesome. is there a level of that that you see really like folks just not understanding, like even the the potential traumas and things that you encounter yeah. I mean, out the there? Suicide, not necessarily just you, but yeah, just folks. Suicide rate for cops is very high, astronomical. And there, there is laws changing. I think one recently changed saying that, you know, if you do seek mental health as a police officer, they can't dock you. They can't fire you for mm-hmm. it. And there's also so many ways to do it, like, confidentially. Mm-hmm. I know Boston Police offers a phenomenal resource where it's super confidential. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's definitely necessary because I'll tell you, I don't, I've never met a cop in my life that comes to work and wants to use their firearm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, there's so much attached to it. Yeah. You know, it, not only taking a life, but then you're changing the life for your family, you yep. and your family. 100%. You know, Darren Wilson, uh, he's gotten death threats for how long, him and his family. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to pick up, it's affecting not only you, but your, your entire family, usually for the negative. <laughs> yeah. So it's something you you know, that's why de-escalation is growing so much. But at the same time, in that split second, de-escalation doesn't always work. And then mm-hmm. it's 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 a gray area. It's tough. You got to make that split second decision. Like, yeah. Like off Sergeant Chesna, that situation, it's, do, do you know most yeah. of it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah like, I followed it a little the, bit. I picked up a rock. Mm-hmm. He drew down on him. I genuinely think he was scared of what the media would say. Mm-hmm. It's like, what they say, all he had was a rock, and I'm shoot this guy. Yeah. Then that rock led to him being knocked out. Yeah. And then getting killed. Yeah. So it's that that 
that split second decision of oh man what's gonna happen to me and my family yeah. he's got two kids mm-hmm. I think he wanted to do like, you know he, he definitely didn't want to do that yeah that's so. one of those it's one of those roles where even like in talking with my brother like I couldn't do it mm-hmm. um, mostly because um, my decision making in general is not great <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm covered you're in you're a tattoos. planner are you a planner <laughs> <laughs> I'm covered in tattoos I'm clearly not great at where the wild things are I yeah love I love that one uh, clearly not great at making decisions. <laughs> um, so it's it's one of those things where whenever it's in the news, and there were there was a string for like two summers ago or whatever, like it was getting more and more publicized, um, just disproportionate deaths by like police officers, and in I almost after every single one of them would text my brother to be like. Can you explain why this force mm-hmm. was used? Yeah. Just because I'm curious. Yeah. Not because I'm looking for to like demean or be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I'm irate. And he'll explain. That's interesting. He'll explain and he'll mm-hmm. just be like, in those moments, in this circumstance, in this, mm-hmm. um, I'll even send him articles and I'll be like, can you just explain yeah, this why one did to this me? Because yeah. like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And because in my brain, like we see it in, um, parts of Europe and whatnot, de-escalation is like the literal thing they do. Mm-hmm. And like someone drawing a gun in Canada is like they have memorials just for the person who had to draw their... Like it's like super dramatic. Yeah, it's rare. So also I want to transition to how folks on campuses can work with public safety. And when I was at my alma mater, Oregon State University, <laughs> winners of the College World Series, not a big deal. You remember when I was freaking out about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, um, it's the longest game ever, you said, right? Oh, my good. Yeah, basically two back-to-back that were like four hours long. It was yeah. wild. Yeah. Um, but when I was at Oregon State and I was an RA for a couple of years, we were really close with our public safety. And like they would do rounds with us, which I don't know if that's going to be a policy they're doing on on our campus here. But like we would bring them on rounds just to like hang out with us. Mm -hmm. And we got to know them really well. That's great. And we were really close with them. Like one night um, I was walking to my residence hall, like on duty. And I found a student passed out on our train tracks on campus. And I knew the seven o'clock train was coming through hmm. and they were passed out. Um, it turns out it was like ecstasy and a couple other things. And they had like fallen and had a gash on their head. And I saw two people walking by and we like picked the person up, which I would have only done if there, the, uh, I only to. did it because there was the a train coming. Yeah. Otherwise you'd stabilize their neck. Or yeah. 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 And so we moved them and I immediately sprinted down cause our police department was not far away. I just mm-hmm. sprinted down and I was like, nice. I need someone, I need someone. And like the first two people who responded were police officers. I was super comfortable with. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so how, what do we do? And like, they took over, they did it. so many great things. Awesome. What suggestions do you have for folks who um, want to work with public safety and maybe if they're not very well connected like our campus is mm-hmm. what do you suggest with that send me an email uh, <laughs> seriously uh, so i just got an email recently uh for diversity month mm-hmm. in october and they were like would you like to join i was like, absolutely yeah. so we'll probably do a little tabling um not quite sure what yet but we have a very diverse police department yeah so i figure you know have a couple of us um, there at the table, just 
ready to ask answer questions if somebody's yeah. curious like you know what's it like to be a black police officer what's it like to be a female police officer what's it like to be his hispanic police officer yeah. i don't know uh anything regarding diversity in in policing mm-hmm. i mean yeah if you if you we're willing to work i mean that's essentially what my job is yeah <laughs> to to connect us to connect us so it you, seems like the most effective things that i've seen are when folks um like public safety folks do those like outreach or public events like hey just come talk to us like mm-hmm. we're here on your campus yes. we don't want to be seen in like a huge negative light mm-hmm. but we are going to be around to make sure that y'all are doing the right things and not causing havoc around yep. here um yeah. i dig that a lot yeah. and that's why i always open up my rotations with you know we want to help you that's why we get paid but we also have to enforce the law yeah so i try to explain to them that you know we're here for them 100%, but in turn, <laughs> we do have to enforce the law. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, talking about getting out there, you know, my event, Coffee with a Cop, mm-hmm. is it's one of my favorites of the year as well. Yeah. Um, it is a little pricey, so I try to I try to get the chief to splurge a little, you know. Yeah. We had fruit last year with the coffee. Hopefully, maybe some donuts this year. Yeah. Well, the stigma... <laughs> That's why I'm and... doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't see you as a carbs kind of guy. Uh, three weeks on the keto, I've dropped ten pounds so far. Boy, yeah. jeez. See, I have to have them. Oh, I'm going crazy right now. I have even to three have weeks them. into it, where you're stopped. To, you're supposed to stop having cravings. All I can think about is like sushi right now. Oh my gosh, it's killing me. Yeah, <laughs> we should do when you're done. We should do all you can eat at Yamato. I'm down. Let's just go throw down. Where's that? Uh, downtown. Okay. My go-tos are Benny's and Quincy or Yoki in uh, Medford. But you pay 25 bucks. I'll explore. You pay 25 bucks at Yamato too. All you can eat. Damn, nice. I threw down like 60 pieces one night. <laughs> oh Seriously, God, that's let's awesome. throw down. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, time for the music break portion of the podcast. Like I said earlier, and as you've been hearing throughout this episode, you've been hearing some tunes from my buddy Freddie Bourne. Freddie is a student affairs professional in the world of higher education. He also makes some pretty wonderful music. He just released a new EP called The Childhood Birthday Party That Nobody Came To. It is four songs of some dynamically beautiful tunes. When I first met Freddie, had no idea he had this in him. Dude has some pipes and has some great vision for very accessible, very beautiful music. Uh, We're going to play you the song 50th and 9th in Sao Paulo. Uh, It is the song that apparently charted in the Netherlands. I don't know how, but that's fucking cool. Beyond me. It's super great song. Uh, Somehow... Those folks over in the Netherlands love this guy. It might be because his label uh, is out of the Netherlands, Paramo Records. Uh, But damn, it is a really good song. I'm really stoked that Freddie uh, put this music out, and I hope you all enjoy it. Please go to freddieborn.bandcamp.com so that you can hear his tunes. Throw him some shekels. Find him on Spotify if you prefer to stream there. But yeah, let's listen to this song, 50th and 9th in Sao Paulo. I hope you're right. The stories you want to make. Travel far, get lost. 
Don't push the brakes And when you find Where you belong I hope that I'm someone That you call Story says It was this one time thing Hours turn to morning Tuesday on the upswing The night we shared Maybe erased I hope the next time I say your name Is when I see your face I know you say We didn't feel the same My feelings most likely Premature Since I held you close 5,000 miles Still gives me hope And there's a chance I won't see you again Unless you count the pictures With you and friends Up above I hope for them To keep you safe Freddie Bourne, go to freddieborn.bandcamp.com. 
find him on Spotify. Listen to the new EP. Listen to all of his other stuff. He's got lo- uh, loaded up there on the internet. A lot of good stuff. A little bit of a change of pace for the podcast. But hey, I'm all about supporting my colleagues in the field who make music and do great work. So give him some support, please. Now, let's finish this conversation with Matt Coviello. Um, I'm just going to ask you lightning round stuff. Awesome. Just like things you like in life. That works. What's your favorite color? Blue. Blue? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite uh, food? Sushi and steak, probably. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't had a steak in like over six years. Yeah, really it was good. one of my last meat meals. Yeah, I still have to hook you up, my buddy from uh, Organic. Uh, protein stuff so yeah so not a sponsor it. but hey we'll yeah, throw no. them in there oh yeah <laughs> hey if it gets you free stuff <laughs> yeah uh honestly if uh, we can hook that up i'll make yeah. him a sponsor i don't care <laughs> i'm all about pushing the organic the healthy stuff yeah. are you are you taking waste or um i'm i'm using the i mean it's kind of whey but it's just like a protein powder it's not necessarily oh gotcha because i thought at one point you weren't even using the whey no i was i use that it's okay. it's one of the organic powders but let me know Definitely. We'll make it work out. Um, favorite place you visited or traveled to? I think, so my dad is 78 years old, and we did a Perillo tour somewhat recently in Italy, and it was amazing. Yeah. It's Venice, uh, Florence, Capri, Sorrento, and I think uh, Capri was amazing because we really just got to bond. We got to hang, just mm-hmm. relax. He's a big foodie, so... He was in heaven because of food, and I was just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. So it was really nice. We had a nice picture of eating eating dinner on, on the Amalfi Coast. It was very, very nice. So I, I'd say cool. yeah, Cap, Capri or Sorrento would be my favorite places. What about in America? What's your, one of your favorite places you've been? That maybe you weren't. Don't say Connecticut. No. <laughs> uh, um, I love Orange County, California. Yeah. yeah, I went there for a wedding in Laguna Beach for a wedding like two months ago, mm-hmm. and learning to surf was so cool. Yeah, it's like it mixes everything I love: the beach, fitness. It was mm-hmm. a workout. I did Dope. like five, back and forth five times, and I was gassed. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a core workout, oh, man. leg workout. Yeah, swim, just literally a swim mm-hmm. to get over those waves. It was so. I'd I'd say uh, Orange County. Like I said, it's. Food's great. Fitness is even bigger mm-hmm. out there. The um, the t- the three athletes that I I claim are the most in shape and impressive are surfers. surfers, hockey players, and professional wrestlers. I could see that because like prof- WWE wrestlers yeah. or Olympic wrestlers. <laughs> no WWE because mm. they have to stay in shape while on, on the road. While on the road. Yeah. And stay clean. And the wrestlers today are way cleaner than wrestlers yeah. back and in the day. Ultimate Warrior died at what? Four, he 50, died the night know. after he was inducted into the Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. I know. Uh, honestly, he was one of my favorites. Yeah. All-time honestly, favorites. I think it's because Macho were... Man while driving a Wrangler, I think. A heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Warrior, I think it's because they were moving him around a lot. And I think it just had a big impact on his heart. Like, but if it, you looked at him. He seemed fine, but his he had oh. high blood pressure. He was Ooh. always red. His blood, oh. his his blood pressure must have been through the roof. Cocaine <laughs> is <laughs> a hell of a drug. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he, yeah. My girlfriend's actually going out for the. Uh, they're doing a diva search. So oh, you know, nice. Yeah, they're starting a diva search up. Do you have a favorite wrestler? Do you watch wrestling? I was huge into it when I was little. 
Um, I would, they'll say the Ultimate Warrior. He's, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. I mean, I met The Rock. The Rock was really cool. Yeah. I did an autograph book signing when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> that was, My brother yeah. met him because The Rock and a few other people visited his like Navy ship cool. back in the day. And he was like, The Rock is one of the biggest dudes I've ever seen. And now he's even Dang. larger. Yeah. That dude's really I don't understand how his age of test is going up, but... Yeah, it's right. It's <laughs> wild. Um, do you have a favorite movie? Um, probably Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron. I don't know. Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, okay. 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 Um, do you watch TV? Yeah. What do you like watching? You were watching The Mick too. Yeah. You're. You oh, were. You were bummed out like I horrendous. was. What happened to Sabrina? Someone we needs to pick it up. We don't know. What happened to Sabrina? Yeah. Sorry. What else do you like to watch? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it, it takes place in Greenwich, so it's hilarious because it's yeah. right there. But um, it's right next to home. Um, all-time favorite is probably Modern Family, though, oh. because my buddy actually writes for the show. Oh, cool. So it's funny, like, texting him and be like, dude, that joke was awesome. Ah. And he, like, he's like, oh, wait for the Christmas. I wrote. So he he writes parts of it. Yeah. Um, he doesn't That's write how most show. of oh, the shows it? go. I don't really yeah. know how it works. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he's like, wait till the Christmas one. I have a few, few, few skits in there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool to... And it's always so wholesome, but it's cool to actually like know someone that's like part of it. It yeah. enhances it a little bit. Yeah, I love Modern Family. That's super sweet. Mm. Oh my goodness. Do you like uh what do you like for books? Do you like what do you I like to read? I don't remember the last book I read. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I haven't read a proper book in a while. Actually I'm reading a book of essays right now, but that's about because like being an English major and sharp. and then going to grad school. Like, it was just so much reading for so long that, like, I kind of just transitioned to only reading graphic novels. Like, I want pictures now! <laughs> I'm going to take a little break from that. Yeah, Yeah, I need some pictures now. One of our uh, lieutenants is a English major, and every time you write a report, obviously they edit it for grammar yeah. and stuff. We call him Lieutenant Redpen. Yeah. Because <laughs> just crossing yeah. stuff out. Yeah, like, when I was an RA, yeah. I always got uh, a lot of... Um, a lot of support for how I would write up incident reports because they would be so detailed and I'd add in like, like little, like literary flourishes. They're like, Craig, that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever written about a student throwing up in a staircase. (laughs) You made it sound so eloquent. Yeah. You made it sound so eloquent. (laughs) So detailed. When I first started, I used to write my reports similar to that, but they're like, no, Cobiel facts. Facts into the point. Facts. like, Okay. <laughs> don't don't try to beef this up and make yeah. it pretty. We don't need that. Yep. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. Um, what about music? What do you like to listen to? Honestly, everything. But I'd say my favorite is country. Yeah. Um, you like it? Yeah. I. I it's it's just relaxed. You know. Yeah. It's, I mean, if I'm at the beach, I'll probably do Citizen Cope or Sublime, mm-hmm. OAR. Yeah. yeah. But. You're not the first person on a, on this punk podcast to bring up country. Though. <laughs> I want you to feel okay with that. Multiple people have, right. and it, it's always like when I'm at the gym, I'll, I usually put on a Breaking Benjamin Pandora. Like, Hell yeah. yeah! I grew up good with stuff. some Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. Their first two albums are perfect to me. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and one that, of my first CDs ever was actually Corn Follow the Leader. Hell I yeah! Memorize every word of that whole Hell CD. Hell yeah! <laughs> the first CD I bought. With my own money, it was Incubus's Morning View. Nice. The first CD that was gifted to me was Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Good stuff. So, 
throwbacks. Yes, absolutely. Throwbacks. Nice. Um, Limp Biscuit was in the mix with that corn CD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get a lot of love, but I like, as much as I hate the album title, I liked the chocolate starfish. Yeah, chocolate covered starfish. Uh, Just keep on rolling, baby. Because that is, that's a very, <laughs> as a sex educator, it's a very dirty reference. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what it meant until I was a lot older. <laughs> Same. I, I had no Growing idea. up, I was like, oh, that's silly. And then, like, it also came out around the same time Blink 182's uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket came on, came out. And I was like, why does that. What does that mean? Oh, oh take off your pants <sighs> and jacket. Okay, I get it. Uh, do, you, do you ever do that? Just go back yeah. through stuff that we watched as kids and mm-hmm. realize they were just cramming stuff in there? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, thanks so much, Matt. No problem. It was great chatting with you. Absolutely. It was good. It's always a good time catching up. Oh, yeah. And it's nice to like hear where you come from a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm glad I'm glad I could share, you know, every side of policing. Yeah. You know, just not just knocking doors down and pulling cars <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I really like this. And I think it'll be a neat conversation for folks to hear because... It's probably not one they expected to hear. If they have any questions, you know, I'm here. Cool. All right, we did it. That's the end of the podcast. I want to thank once again my buddy Matt Coviello for this fantastic conversation. Hope y'all learned some stuff. Uh, All I really learned is that Matt and I need to go have sushi together. I mean, I learned other stuff. But hey, I love sushi. I love it a lot. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I really hope you did too. I'm really, really, really excited that uh, Matt was willing to have this conversation with me, and uh, uh, I hope folks uh, work with their public safety a little closer and collaborate. That'd be really cool. I think it's a good good connection to have on your campus. Uh, but thanks for listening this week. Once again, please check out the music of Freddie Bourne by going to freddieborne.bandcamp.com. Check out his uh, album, The Birthday Party That Nobody Came To. Childhood Birthday Party That Nobody Came To. Uh, go to uh, freddieborne.bandcamp.com. Find him on Spotify. Throw him some shekels if you like what he's doing. That'd be really sick. Also, go to halfaccess.org. Uh, Make sure you sign up for their mailing list so that you can know the second their new website launches on September 1st. They're doing some really cool stuff to make sure that music venues are accessible. Love it. Also, go back and check out that conversation I had with Cassie a few months ago. It's very, very good. She's wonderful people, and the people around her are also incredible. So, that's all I got this week. We'll see you next week. It'll be great. Uh, uh, That's all I have. Oh, also my my cough is going away um, and my voice is better. So I'm really glad for that. Thanks, doctors. Okay, let's get to work. All the desertedness of a what we call a town has me in this permanent